What is up, everybody, and welcome back to Rockhound Radio. And it's Tuesday, and you know what? I feel like I'm coming back to the studio after being gone so long, which <clears throat> I haven't really been gone, but um, I had a bunch of stuff like bulk recorded and that I did a bunch of, yeah, I just recorded a bunch of stuff and had it banked, and then I, what, I ended up using, yeah, like the little Tavern Tales thing from when I was on the Drunken Spear. So, yeah, it's definitely been, it feels like it's been a while, but it really hasn't. But, uh, yeah, what is up, everybody? Hopefully you guys are doing well, and I figured it'd be kind of cool to, I got a little idea to do, uh, like, unforgettable gaming moments. And I found a list on IGN. I'll, I'll post that list because, I like, a lot of these games... Um, like, I've played a lot of them, but some of them are quite older and just things that I never play or just, you know, maybe in generally uh, games I didn't play. But, yeah, I thought they were really cool because I do remember experience, experiencing some of them for the first time um, when I was younger, and it was just <clears> – it was awesome. And I will say well, – and I got a little bit of highlights for myself. But uh, before we get into all that, I did want to talk about a few other things. You heard me say uh, about the Drunken Spear and that little – round table, whatever you want to call it, tavern talk or tavern tales, or I forget what we, what they coined it as. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, I'm playing a wizard. So we are two episodes into season two. And the first thing that happened, I'll give you guys a little, little, here's a little inside of what's going on over there. So we started season two. There is, I think six of us. Yeah. Two, four, five, six. Yeah. Six of us. And, it's been quite an interesting it's it's quite an interesting party i will say we have a couple rogues a fighter i'm playing the wizard we have a cleric and we also have a bard so if you, if you can only imagine but we started out on an airship and pretty soon our airship got raided and it was taken down and we the lat we just played <clears throat> um, this past weekend and we were able to successfully almost unsuccessfully land our rescue boat into a part of the mountains and we have made our way towards the first village so yeah it's been pretty interesting it's been a lot of fun the first two episodes we, we've kind of been like a lot of stuff happens man like it's a it's a really cool time you really get to see the insight on some of these guys and who they're playing and how their characters are reacting to some of this stuff. So like I said before, I'm playing Rango. Rango is a lizard folk wizard and it's, I have never played a all magic character before. I've done like partial magic and stuff. And I said, you know what, if I'm going to do something, I'm just going to tackle something big. So, and wizards are naturally pretty squishy. So I almost died and the end of the first episode, but yeah, Rango lives, but yeah, you guys should check it out. It's a lot of fun. And a little bit of background on the character I'm playing. So I'm playing a kind of like a survivalist out in the woods. I've got a master trapper background. So I've pretty much just been hanging out in the woods for a long time, kind of dealing with the animals and um, some of the other some of the other people at Drunken Spear have kind of coined it as almost like a Radagast per, like persona. And if you guys have ever watched Lord of the Rings or um, not Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. <clears throat> Forgive me, I have misspoken, <laughs> but uh, no, he is a wizard that is Gandalf's friend, and he's just kind of like a, I think it's uh, Radagast the Brown or something. He's just kind of like a, a like a nature freak, dude. He's got like a hat that's birds on him, like he's always talking to animals and stuff. And I will say that's one thing that I have uh, kind of coined as my wizard is people think I can talk to animals. 
but I can't. I mean, people see me talking to animals all the time, and I act like I'm talking to them. You know, do I know that they can't understand it? No, but that's what I'm going to tell them. But yeah, so we had a little, a little, uh, little snippet from season two. We were making camp one night, and we had something follow us for like a hundred feet in the middle of the night. And we set up camp. I set up a, a bear trap and covered it up and stuff. And I was taking first watch, and you know, lo and behold, it was an, an actual bear that had been following us. Well, one of our party members, uh, Vamir, Vamir decides to clang some daggers together to try and make it go away. And he's like, go on now, get, get bear. And I, I take upon the notion and pretty much at this point, the bear was already kind of like, and I mean, we had all known, like if the bear was going to attack, I think he would have already, but the bear was kind of like turning and I stood up and I was like, yeah, yeah, go away, bear, go home. And then the bear left. And I said, see, I, t- I told you guys I could talk to animals. But no, it's uh, it's really fun. It's a, uh, it's it's quite interesting. And so, even a little bit more backstory on this. Um, I can't help it. I'm so excited. We we had to cancel one week, and then we got to play. So it was it was a lot of fun. But oh shit, what was it? All right. So where we're at in Cameron's campaign, I have actually already played part of this as another character. And I mean, it was probably a couple years ago. And I think he's did quite a bit of uh, retcon on stuff since then. Because I think timelines have gotten mixed. Anyway, I've come across this village for almost in a second life. And I remember the first time I came through here, I I think I played it cool. And I think that's what I'm going to have to do this time. We got too many people in our party that, uh, that had little sticky fingers. So I told them I've been pre- – and what I've been trying to do with, like, uh, Rango is really – me and Cam talked about it as like role playing and really trying to like be that character and like react and interact with other players how he really naturally would. So like Rango always is like, ah, may I tell you a story? Anytime like he, tr- he hears, we have Vamir for instance. Um, Vamir has always got these little ideas and most of the time these little ideas are, you know, they're, they're, they're to benefit him. I mean, he is a rogue. But like I, I get a hint of this like something he's trying to do something, and I almost like interrupted him, and I'm like, ah, "Vamir, let me let me tell you, care if I tell you a story?" And then I like just shoot some like random, almost like it's always like the story of like some moral that it, what he's trying to do is wrong. So basically, I wanted the I wish I, I had to get the uh, I had to find it it's because I thought it was really funny. He was trying to rob somebody and. Or trying to like see if they had anything on him, and I like almost—I don't know if I interrupted him or like I was right after, but I told him like, "Hey, like one man that steals from another gets a little. A group of men stealing from somebody like of power gets a lot." So I'm like trying to trying to be like, "All right, like, dude, I get that you're a rogue, but the thing is, is you can make so much more money with X amount of people than you'll ever make by yourself." So yeah, it's uh, it's cool. I really like uh, I'm re- really liking where Rango's going. He's only level two, and man oh man, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens from here on out. So yeah, th- that's enough of that. I gotta quit. I gotta quit. Uh, but yeah, go check out the Drunken Spear. Uh, like I said, I'm playing in season two, so yeah, check that stuff out. And you know what? Check out season one. They got a lot of interesting characters and a lot of interesting personalities and you can also see Cameron our dungeon master play as a Ruick I think I think it's Ruick I think he's a ranger I don't know I don't remember but yeah 
you guys check it out. Let me know what you think. And you know what? It should be a lot of fun recording the rest of uh, whatever's going on over there. So I'm anxious to see what next week brings. All right. Now that I've talked your ear off about uh, D&D for the last almost 10 minutes. Jesus. It's supposed to be about gaming. Yeah, I know. I'm getting back to it. Sorry. That's my... Ooh. Bump the mic there. That's my subconscious yelling at me. Um, I get a little sidetracked, man. Especially when I get up here and I just... I don't know, man. I get in the groove and start talking about stuff. Oftentimes, yeah, passes very quickly. But yeah, we're gonna we're we're back. We're back on the gaming. Um, yeah, like I said, IGN posted a top 100 unforgettable video game moments, and I have some here on my own on my own list. That and we're just gonna start off with a bang, and quite literally, I mean bang. If you guys know who Bethesda is, they created. Well, not create. Yeah, created, made, whatever. Uh, fall the world of Fallout Three and several of the other Fallout's um, before this and after this. I think they made the earlier Bioshocks. I don't know. I'm not, I don't remember. Um, I know about the game, not as much about as who made it. I do, I do know Bethesda is like a. Did they, they're probably for? I would say they're still up there, but for probably like fifteen years in my life or more, that like they were Bethesda was like my top. Like anything Bethesda made to me was like just fucking gold. <laughs> just because playing Fallout and stuff like that, I couldn't help myself. But anyway, that's what we're here to talk about. Just an older one. Fallout 3, many of you guys, hopefully you guys remember this game, came out on the 360 and PS3. I'm and uh, probably PC at the time too. Um, I'm sure it did. But uh, yeah, I, oh, I know it did for a fact because all the mods and stuff. Anyway, Fallout 3. What a crazy game. When they mean fallout, they mean literal fallout. There was a, it's like a nuclear apocalypse that happens and you just so happen to be a vault dweller that is stuck under the capital wasteland. So like you're in DC and I remember playing this when I was younger and I had been to DC um, when I was in eighth grade. Like we did like a, a little, like, you know, everybody goes, not everybody, but um, they do trips to, you know, like my high school did. A trip to uh, Washington D.C. and then when you were senior, I think they did New York or junior or senior. I didn't go on the New York trip, but uh, D.C. was really cool. It was definitely kind of crazy to be like when you're younger, you don't really t- get to take in um, and understand everything around you. But it was cool, like knowing that I'd seen scenes in movies and like books and like you know history class or whatever, and like learned about this shit. And then like, oh fuck, man, I'm like walking around this place. I thought that was really cool. Anyway, you are slapped in, pretty much kicked into the radiation, I guess. You exit the vault, which were set up by uh, rich people to save, like, the race of humanity, which, I mean, newsflash, that's what's going to happen here if something ever goes south. Um, the, the lizard people that live under the crust of the world will uh, once again emerge into the world of the unknown. But no, we're talking about Fallout. Now what's going to happen in 100 years? <coughs> Ooh. Anyway, yeah, so the nuke goes off. Capital Wasteland is wasted. You're a vault dweller. Your dad leaves the vault. You go on a chase after him, and you end up in this little town called Megaton. And I remember playing this game. So I rented this, this game from, like, our local family video or whatever for, like, a weekend, right? And, oh, shit, I always forget to silence that thing. Um... I rented this week, rented it for the weekend, and I had such a tough ass time trying to figure out how the hell to do anything. 
Like I remember there is, <clears throat> I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but there's a big ass ship that is like right off the, like right off like part of the, not really coast, but whatever it is. And it's like a big ass, like fucking battleship. And, you know, they've pretty much held up on this place. And I remember there was like a lower spot that you eventually had to go there for like a quest or something. But at the time I didn't know that, but it was like a master lock pick. And, you know, fortunately in these games, even if you weren't, I think you, I don't think you could even attempt to attempt it if you weren't high enough level. But like, I remember trying to like thinking like, oh man, there's something fucking crazy hidden behind this door. Like I got to figure this out and not being able to pick out or figure out lock picking in that game. The first time I played it, I, I just sucked. And I remember being so scared of everything. He's like, you get your first couple of quests and one of them, one of them's like, all right, you've messed If you hear stuff in the background, dude, it is so fucking windy here today in Ohio. We had great sunny and 75 yesterday. I'm out hunting mushrooms, found a couple, and then today it's 35 degrees and windy. Get it together, man. Can Listen, if the you know the NSA, CIA, whoever's like controlling the weather, can you please turn Central Ohio a little bit back to normal, please? Um, that was a joke. I'm just kidding. Or am I? I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, the Capital Wasteland. You get a quest to like go into DC, and I was thinking like, all right, dude, like fuck yeah, like oh, I'm cool. And they're like, oh, you got to take the old sewer systems, and I'm like, uh, uh, is that the only way? And they're like, listen, if you want to get around the Capital Wasteland and the nuclear fallout, you're gonna have to use the subway stations, the most scariest fucking places on earth. And for the most part, there's nothing good that ever comes out of a dark, scary looking subway tunnel. I mean, ever in life, I don't think. Maybe in Seinfeld, I guess. Maybe something could have got. Maybe something good could have came out of it in Seinfeld. But no, I remember getting to the end of like the first sewer and there's like a super mutant. So super mutants are these giant ogre looking things and pretty scary. At least it was for me. And I remember seeing like this massive lurking shadow like at the end of the tunnel. Like I had to go that way. He just had his back to me. And I remember just sitting there like contemplating for what seemed like hours on what I was going to do. I was like, all right, am I going to run past him? Am I just going to fight him? You know, is he going to like, is this a big mean evil guy or, but yeah, I just remember truly being like a little scared in that aspect because those older fallout games, uh, fallout three and fallout new Vegas, um, obsidian did new Vegas, but they still both had this, uh, Oh man, hold on a second. I'm on this, I'm on like this top 100 thing. And wherever I was, it's number six, and it's the first zombie, and it's talking about the Resident Evil. Well, it shows this like picture of like a weird ass looking zombie, like side profile, looking at you. And this whole time I've been recording, I, like nonchalantly, I like gaze over, and it's like picture of the zombie, just like, and I see like right below his eye, and then my recording things uh, overlapping it. So I just see this weird eye looking. At I gotta get this thing out of here. All right, hold on. All right, that's better. I have a John Marston's Last Stand. And I look at a bunch of cowboys pulling revolvers on each other. Anyway, that was, I'm telling you, that, that stuff, little stuff like that, like, creeps me out, dude. And, like, I already know that everything's listening and recording me. I just don't want them looking at me. You know what I mean? That's, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. But, uh, oh, fuck, I even lost my train of thought on Fallout. Yeah, big scary monsters scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. But, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was definitely interesting. Oh, no, I think I was talking about New Vegas and Fallout 3. And some of, like, if you guys don't know, look up some of the, like, the vault 
um, experiments that they did, and it, it definitely feels like some shit that you would read on a conspiracy uh, conspiracy website about shit that they've done to people like in real life. But I will say, oh, Megaton, that first city you get to in Fallout 3, you have the option of blowing it up, essentially. There is a nuke in the center of Megaton, and there's a church that revolves around uh, praying to it for whatever reason, I guess. And, like, the the town's split, right? Like, Megaton's a pretty cool place, and it's a pretty big staple, like, in the game because you can... I forget, there's like, there's several quests that you pick up early game. There's a house you get, you can deck out the house. I think you get like a robot butler and yeah, it's, oh, I guess, you know, the thing about Fallout 2 is it's like in the future. So it's like a futuristic slash, like it's, I think it's like 2077 or something, but it's almost like a futuristic 50s era. You know what I mean? Like what what the 50s and 60s envision the future as is kind of like, what fallout was so like you have the robotic servants and the you know the, the the mr handyman that float around and like fix your house or do whatever but yeah it's definitely a definitely a cool game but the like i said we we're talking about it blowing up you get a quest from a guy that lives in this like basically it's like a hotel like he lives in a penthouse suite and he's like ah the mega tons and ice or on my view well you do some quest and you you get the honors of blowing it up. And it was actually a, I think like an achievement um, on the 360 or a trophy on the PlayStation, whatever, but to blow up Megaton. And I did it, but I did it with a character that I didn't really per se play. Cause I was like, listen, dude, Megaton, Megaton feels like your home after a while. Like you get acquainted, especially when you first start playing it and you're like, all right, like I know dude, Megaton's home base, go there, drop all my loot go to my house, stuff like that. And then if you blow it up, dude, I mean, there's other places, but definitely not as convenient, I don't think, as Megaton because it's like in Fallout 3, man, shit's scarce. Like you're running to little places, but there's only a handful of like bigger operations and Megaton's one of them. But yeah, it does get it does get pretty interesting. And I guess what I will say is we've been talking about it for so long. I have to um, think, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. The whole entire reason for why your dad leaves and the cap to go out to the capital wasteland. He's looking for a way to cure the water and to like purify the water because all the water is toxic and radiated. No one would be able to survive. No one can drink it. Things like that it makes him sick. I mean, obviously, full of radiation. How you can drink the water? But. You know, they're like drinking stuff that has radiation is just kind of normal, I guess, in the fallout world. And then, you know, your purified water and things like that is always always comes at a, a bit more coin. But, yeah, the uh, the main thing is you eventually end up saving the capital wasteland by turning on this giant water. Like I think it's called like the purifier. But, yeah, it's definitely one hell of an ending. And I just remember like when I so I was talking about when I first rented it, I only played it for a little bit and then. Like, I was like, you know what? I hate this shit, and I never played it for the rest of the weekend. I was like, oh, wasted my game rental, you know what I mean? A couple years later, I seen, like, the Game of the Year edition Fallout 3 at our local game store, like, when I was a kid. And I was like, you know what, dude? Fuck, I'm buying this game. It was so cool. I have to I have to try it. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it was just me. And then I played ungodly amounts of hours on it. But, um, yeah, I remember saving the Capital Wasteland and, like, 
you see the river or whatever like go from being radiated to like changing to like purified water and then you can swim through the water now like you've like you've done it you've you changed like it, it was cool seeing the player get to change the world around him and benefit from it like i always thought that was definitely cool De- definitely a good game man i might have to play fallout now i'll be have to figure out a way to play it on the ps5 there has to be a way I'm sure there is PlayStation Pass or whatever that new fancy technology whippersnappers have nowadays. Um, let's see here. What else? What else? Oh, that's what I was going to talk about. Proposing. Well, not really proposing. Asking. What do you guys like more? Do you guys just like the, you know, kind of what we're doing on Tuesdays with gaming? Or, you know, like I do plan on covering other games. I just don't know what to play right now. Maybe you guys can chip in. I've been playing a lot of, uh, I've been playing, honestly, a lot of my DS. I've been playing Pokemon White 2, you know, Shocker, another Pokemon game. I can't help it, okay? I'm addicted, and it's the only one I haven't beaten, and I am damn determined to beat this so I can rest I can rest easy knowing that I've completed all of them. Anyway, let me know what you guys think. Do you guys like the just the audio when I'm playing games and kind of like, you know, we do like a week-to-week, we cover this, we cover that, or do you guys like seeing the whole game on the big screen? You guys let me know. Tell me what you think. And if you have game suggestions, man, send them in. Like I said, we got a PS5 now. We're big timing. Um, still, I don't think can do a whole lot of online stuff. But if you guys got suggestions, you let me know. And I will try to do my best to. I mean, Honestly, um, I really want to play the Harry Potter game. And so does my wife. And I can't necessarily get it for the PS5 if she can't play it. So I don't know. I'm kind of. It comes out for the PS4 soon. And, you know, maybe I'll just do like a. A bundle one for the ps5 one for the ps4 i don't know we'll see but yeah let me know what you guys think if you guys like watching the gameplay or if you guys just like listening to it but all right we have we have time for a couple more big things in gaming and these are some of the ones that i remember all right we do have i do have a little small list of honorable mentions of things that i thought were just little little things that i remember during this list but uh before we go any further i would say if you guys notice we have no ads, no ads here for a little while. We'll see what happens. I figure that once, uh, once like the people that scout for, you know, all those like major D and D podcasts hear me and my friends on Drunken Spear, they'll be like, oh my god, we got, we gotta get them, we gotta pick them up. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just waiting on my call at this point. I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna hear a little bit of what Rango has to offer, and they're gonna be like, yeah, we need this guy. But yeah, so here, here are some of. I would say some of my favorite honorable mentions talking about gaming moments. So number one, you guys had to know this was coming, choosing your very first Pokemon. And that is still such a decision to make. And a lot of the time, sometimes the flip of coin, sometimes I ask my wife, um, other times I'm building a strategic team to disassemble the, you know, the game itself. But yeah, it is. I remember being younger and just like nail biting, like, Oh my God, who don't, who am I going to get? You know what I mean? So and then oftentimes, if you played without like friends or you didn't have friends to trade with or you just you know didn't have access to things like that, it seems like the one, the starter you chose, because you couldn't get the other two without somebody else, it seemed like you bonded with that thing. Like I remember Marsh Stomp and Mudkip from Generation 3 when I was younger, like that was, like he was my guy, like Swampert was, you know, there was a whole thing dedicated to Mudkips anyway, and you know, I forget what it was like, Mud... Mudkips or I forget there's a whole like it took over the internet for a short amount of time anyway on to the next one uh let's see here ah yeah escaping the sewers in oblivion so that one was really cool the Skyrim predecessor oblivion 
um, opens the game up as you as being a, I think you're a prisoner, and you escape through the sewers into the world of Oblivion. So mind you, I played hundreds of hours of Skyrim before I even played Oblivion, and you know, too, too much shame I will hear from many of you, I'm sure. Well, you're like, how do you not play Oblivion? How do you play Skyrim if you never played Oblivion? But no, Oblivion is phenomenal. I did play a good majority of, I, did, I think I was going through and just trying to like um, platinum it, or not platinum it, on 360, like get all the achievements. And I made it through like half of the achievements and I think a good part of the game, I, I had done several of the um, like faction missions and stuff like that, so... Yeah, it is definitely one hell of a game. Check it out if you're into that kind of stuff. Uh, the God of War. So we just spent a lot the last couple of weeks talking about God of War Ragnarok. What a fantastic game to begin with. And just the storytelling, and it's phenomenal. Um, but some of the older games, like I think God of War came out in 2005. So like God of War 2 and 3 were all, I think God of War 3 was like the first PlayStation 3, um, or the first God of War to go to the next console. But yeah, I think in the third one, I don't. I think it's the third one. You fight. Maybe it's the second one. Either either way, either way. The, the what I'm getting at is you fight a titan, and I think it's Atlas. And when you're fighting Atlas, like you are the size of a man fighting a titan. So you're literally like his fingernails as big as you. And if any of you guys remember this, there's a horrible, um, like a horrible like a quick, I forget what they call it, real-time events where, like, you have to hit the buttons in time, and there's one part where you're fighting him, and you, like, you rip off the Titan's, like, fingernail, dude, and it is so gross. But, yeah, it's like, dude, fingernails are cringy for any, like, people's nails getting ripped off. I don't care who you are, like, you know, strong strong will and strong stomach. What, Dude, people's get nail, getting their nails ripped off is just, oh, it's just cringe, man. It just, oh, it makes you, ugh. anyway. Yeah, you fight the Titans. There's a lot of badass boss fights in God of War. You fight. There's a really cool fight with Poseidon. The one with Zeus. Um, many of many of the Greek, all the Greek gods actually. I always remember um, fighting Hades, and I was like, like what I envision Hades looking like in their universe. And when you actually see him, you're just like, oh, dude, he just looks metal. But yeah, definitely. You, you can even look up videos of just boss fights, and some of them are pretty insane. Uh, let's see. Oh, and I have to mention this just because the next game's coming out soon. The Breath of the Wild, man. I think I've preached about this several times over like the past however many months on this show, but there's just so many times in Breath of the Wild that like it'll just like blow your mind, whether it's finally completing that shrine that you've been after or just like a gameplay moment from when you defeat Gandalf or like the I forget what they're even called. It's been it's been a couple of years since I played, but yeah, it's definitely, and then that moment that you pull the master sword for finally getting all the hearts, like that was just so badass. And ooh, and then your perfect deflections for the ancient things, like I was never good at them, but man, when you hit them, it was just like, it was just so satisfying. But yeah, I think that's all we got for today. There was a handful of the top gaming moments. I will plug that link so you guys can check that out for yourselves. And yeah, it's uh it's been a lot of fun, man. We I wouldn't say like we've like I've hit a little slouch or whatever. I just feel like I you know what, I'm gonna get I need to get back up on that hot get back up on the horse, man, and start doing more stuff and you know, getting my face out there for you guys to see. And you know what? I appreciate all you guys listening every week. You know, it, it definitely I, I love that 
I love that the consistency that I have with you guys listening. You know, like every week I come back and I like see, like, all right, I've got this many plays, this many plays. And it's kind of like they're mostly along the same day and things like that. But yeah, I couldn't uh, couldn't do this without all your guys' help and support. So yeah, like I said before, man, tell your friends, tell your friends, listen to it when you're at a party, put it on. Who knows, man? And you never know what you might. Like I said, if you're at a stoplight, windows down. And you're in traffic, crank that up. When people, you just yell at them, say, go check it out. It's Rockhound Radio, dude. So thank you guys so much for your support and for listening. I'm going to get out of here. I got other stuff to record because Friday's coming up. We're batch recording today, and it's all about AI. You don't want to miss it. Artificial intelligence. Will it take over the world? Or will we let it? Or will we stop it? I don't know. Who knows? I will see you guys later this week. And uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think about the gaming thing. And don't forget to. Check out The Drunken Spear for episode two where Rango, I think he breaks his ankle. He almost dies. Next episode breaks his ankle. Yeah, so it's uh, it's quite an interesting uh, yeah, scene of events. But I shall see you guys next time.